Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. Well, Joe Biden, he isn't really doing too much. He is 80 years old, and he's acting more like he's 100. And you know what is amazing to me is that in the middle of all this, you listen to the way he speaks, the way he acts, and he sure as heck, I'm happy that he turned, you know, 80 years old and that, you know, he's doing well. I wish him well. But to have somebody who is now an octogenarian in the White House and somebody who is clearly in cognitive decline, to me, I don't think serves this country. And that is the serious question I have to ask all of you tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show, because President Biden had his 80th birthday and had a lot of family around and friends around and um, try to keep it. A little low-key, because I think he realizes it's an obvious question that people are saying, "Uh, 80 years old, boy, he's acting all the bit of 80-plus. And sometimes age isn't always what it seems. I mean, you look at, there are some people who look amazing at the age of 80 and who are spry and, you know, chipper and cognitively just right on point. And then there are some people that, you know, act basically like they're 90 or 100. And there's some people who are like, you know, 60, 70 years old. There are some who are 50 who've had cognitive issues. I mean, it's all over the board, guys. So age, I get it that maybe the age 80 itself is not sort of so alarming with medical advancements and so many things going on. But is there anybody out there who can say it with a straight face and be honest with themselves that he is not in cognitive decline. I mean, it is so apparent that he has gone downhill. And he had gone downhill even before he ran for president. He went to, I guess, the, uh, you know, John Fetterman School of, uh, of uh, you know, semantics. Hello, good night. Remember that one, right? So, he, you know, he wasn't super, you know, sharp in terms of his cognitive skills, I think, even prior to. You could see there was a diminishment He was always someone who was really spry and quippy. And that's why it was so apparent that he had actually gone downhill. And this is no disrespect to older people because I turned older over the weekend, as many of you know. I had my birthday on Friday with all of you. So I turned a little bit older myself. But there is a big difference between a spry 80 years old with medical technology and medical advancements and someone who's maybe, you know, out there out and about and who's sharp as a tack and you don't even realize they're 80 years old or someone who is 80 and cognitively basically is just 
90 or 100 or, or even plus. I mean, so I think we have to do a serious look right now to say, is this man ready to run again? And after the midterms, he's feeling emboldened. He's feeling excited because there wasn't the red wave. There was a little red ripple. So he feels like, okay, I got through that. You know, yeah, the House is turning into GOP hands, but the Senate is not, and it wasn't a bloodbath. It wasn't the red wave. I'm actually doing okay. And clearly Jill's telling him that he's doing okay in the middle of all this, too. So he definitely seems emboldened. He seems to have a little skip in his step, if you will, you know. And he definitely seems to be intent to run again. And anybody who's in the White House who had a decent midterm, and I think he had a decent midterm, I think for those reasons, they do want to run again. It's hard to say, hey, you had the White House once. You don't want to have it again. So I don't blame him for saying that he wants to run. But I do blame his family, and I do blame other people around him that are, you know, they should be saying, Mr. President, you clearly are not as fast as you used to be. You're turning around on the stage and you're shaking air half the time. You know what I mean? You're you're talking, you're using the wrong names. Remember the where's Jackie? Remember, that was the worst. Remember the woman who had died, the congresswoman, and he's looking for her in the room. And meanwhile, he knew that they were dedicating a bill to her because she was the late Jackie. You know, it wasn't like the current Jackie in the room. And then all the flubs, remember, that have almost taken us to war, basically. I mean, you think about the minor incursion. I contend maybe in some ways did take us to war because he opened the door with Putin. Then he said, oh, we're going to send the 82nd Airborne in there, you know, when you go to Ukraine. I mean, there's been so many of these flubs and just his comments and his slurring of words and his cognitive like mishmash. It is really it's really embarrassing. And I think it has really hurt us tremendously on the world stage. I know a lot of people, they sit there and they go, what is going on with your president? I mean, how old is the guy? I think some people were surprised that he turned 80. I think they thought he was turning 120 by the way he was acting. So tonight, I want to hear your thoughts as to how much of an issue his cognitive decline is. And how much of an issue do you think it is that also we're seeing a lot of people in the press basically playing defender for him? That's the other stunning part, guys. There are people in the press... There are people at the New York Times that came out and did this op-ed over the weekend saying, oh, 80 is just a number. Basically, look at him. He could go in the boxing ring with Muhammad Ali almost, you know. I mean, this guy's got it all. By the way, I just met Michael Spinks a little bit ago. That was great. Talk about a great boxer. That was really awesome. But he could not go in the ring with Michael Spinks, even verbally with Michael Spinks. I mean, this is so crazy. And for the media to sit and pretend like he is, you know, uh, Alfred Einstein at his peak, this guy is not conveying articulate messages. He's not communicating. And most of the role of president, first off, is to make the wisest decisions, to protect the homeland, to do all these things. But then you also have to be a decent communicator. You have to be able to articulate the message. And at some point, it is shocking to me that his wife and that other people around him, and even he should realize himself that he just can't do it anymore, just for the good of the country. 
I mean, these uh, the the fact that he's on the world stage and he's kind of like slumbering around, and then he goes and meets with President Xi of China, and he's barely talking with him, and doesn't even ask him about COVID, and doesn't talk about all these things, and he just sort of is drifting in and out of these meetings. To me, it is shocking, and it is deeply concerning for our country. And these flubs that he does that are on the world stage, that the whole world's watching when it's the president of the United States, everybody watches because it's such an important, it is the most important position probably in the world. He's the leader of the free world. And here's a little bit of some of the things that he has said. Take a listen. This is just, this takes a few seconds to put together. This is just a drop in the ice bucket of his gaffes. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you, uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, from, from, uh, uh, Char, excuse me, from Charlotte, one, another line going from in, in Florida down to Tampa. Of uh, Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him, uh, put, the idea that, um, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? For two reasons. One, to... We haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is... Uh, um, let me say it another way. But the nature, not a solid meeting with... Um, with uh, the uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver in the states that are affected. Here's what that you can do. The drivers. We want to expand pre-K for three and four-year-olds. Millions of pre-K. The um. Wow, that is so painful to listen to. And that's just a drop in the a drop in the ice bucket. I mean, it really is. When you hear the fact that he doesn't even realize that he's saying these comments, and remember, he was mixing up just last week, uh, Colombia and Cambodia. Remember, there's a big difference between the two. It is absolutely frightening, and yet, you know, even some Democrats are now saying, "Ah, eh, we don't really think he is going to be the guy to run." There are a number of them who are saying, you know, this is not necessarily the first octogenarian president that we really want to have. He would be 86, by the way, at the end of his second term. Do you think he could physically and mentally handle the job of president? First off, for the next two years, that will be a stunner. And then after that, another four. Honestly, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And here is also, by the way, the Times, as I mentioned, puts out this glowing review over the weekend. Like, age is just a number that, you know, uh, Biden is a spry, chipper, you know, chip off the old block. And many people in the media are going, uh, what president are you looking at, New York Times? This is Emily Campagno on Fox reacting to the Times. The proactive gaslighting on the part of the New York Times is so preposterous. Yeah, they could have just stayed quiet. Comical. 
they could have just stayed quiet. But instead, they proactively released this, this segmented article about why we should take at face value their words as to why his, his cognition is sound. And that's true, true, and unrelated from the age argument. I think that's what the Democrats keep, keep falling back to. The most ridiculous argument I read as well uh, was the chair of the, of the New Hampshire Rockingham County Democrats who said, well, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl at age 43. Oh, I think we have to reassess <laughs> aging. Okay. There oh, is nothing analogous. Whatsoever <laughs> to Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl as to President Biden, and the notion that he said that out loud and that then it made it to print as an argument for us to accept Joe Biden's cognition as sound to me is just the cherry on top. That's a classic equating Tom Brady to winning the Super Bowl in his 40s, uh, called the GOAT, the greatest of all times, to an old GOAT, Joe Biden. That is unbelievable. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Elena on line seven. Elena, go ahead. Hello, Rita. How are you, Elena? Very well, thank you. I want to wish you a happy birthday. With a bonus, you now have 368 days. Thank you very, very much. 368, I'll take them. Thank you. <laughs> 368, I also wish you blessings for Thanksgiving for you and your loved ones. Thank you, Elena. Elena, you're a little hot. Can you go away from the microphone? I think you're a little close to the receiver there. Okay, is that better? It's a little bit better, right? Or you okay. know what, call, Elena, call us back. It's a little bit. Call us back and we'll make sure we get you on. It's a little hot for some reason, but we'll get you back. Thank you for the beautiful greetings. We love that. Thank you. Let's go to Norm, line six. Go ahead, Norm. Yeah, Rita. Um, how dare you insult our magnificent president who has been to every one of our 54 states? <laughs> that is a classic. I know he, that's another one. I mean, some of these, some of the, I remember when he said that, I was like, is he kidding me? You know, and he never corrected yeah. himself. Remember, it's, it's wild. No. No, no, no. Um, I, I uh, look. Uh, no, he's not going to last. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to last another two years. He probably will. Uh, then they're going to get Michelle Obama, and uh, that's it. So that's uh, this is this is my prediction. So Norm, and, uh, uh, Norm, I don't rule out Michelle Obama. You know, it's interesting. There are a lot of other people who sort of do rule her out, but I don't rule her out as being the person to kind of come in and, uh, you know, quote, save the party, if you will, on the Democratic side, because Kamala ain't going to get it, um, you know, with her cackling, that ain't going to work. Um, Buttigieg still needs a lot more experience, and they want to clearly have somebody who can be a home run, and she certainly has the appeal. She tells people she doesn't want it, but... Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, I saw her, by the way, when she spoke at the Democratic convention. I was covering it for WABC. And I remember mm. when she spoke that she, to her credit, I mean, the whole crowd loved her. She really had, obviously, she's talking to her base at the time, the Democratic base, but she can galvanize her crowd. She's a good speaker. Um, you know, you may not agree with her, obviously, politically, Norm, but from a that would actually be a smart move. Now, if you were a Democratic strategist, wouldn't you say, please bring in Michelle? Uh, I think that that would work for them. Um, I don't think she would be good for this country at all. But uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think that that would be logical because all the stupid people will vote for her who have no political 
I don't know. They'll, it's, they'll, a lot of the masses will vote for her. You know, the you know the the kind of watch the view. They'll be voting for. Oh her. yeah, yeah. And, well, well, I have a feeling yeah. anybody who watches the view doesn't vote for anybody other than a Democrat. Given boy the way that they've been left of left of left these days, Norm. Uh, Norm, thank no. you so much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is absolutely the perfect song here on the Rita Cosby Show, a little Genesis and the land of confusion. Boy, that is the land that I think President Biden's living in and we're all living in it because it's like every day. And in fact, you know, we saw President Trump last week make his announcement and there were people who said, oh, he was a little slower. I thought his speech was great because I thought it sounded presidential. It sounded um, very much a we are in this campaign together as opposed to a me, me, me speech. I thought his speech was actually fantastic. And yet people are like, oh, he's slow. His energy level was like 10,000 decibels over Biden's energy on his best day. I mean, like that was Trump on a slow day, at least had so much more energy and the mental acuity. And he's only a few years apart from President Biden. I mean, it's not like they're so many different generations apart, but you could see right away what a clarity and what a crispness and what a direct discussion that President Biden, uh, President Trump had speaking off the cuff. Um, I was with the president at the ZOA gala, the Zionist Organization of America gala, just a few days before he made that announcement. Same thing there. He was like, didn't really have any notes in front of him. And he spoke extemporaneously, talking about different people in the room and different thoughts and different things. And I thought to myself, gosh, our current president could never do that. Could never do that. There would have been like 20,000 flubs. He would have been shaking somebody's hand in the air. You know, he would have been looking for where's the stage, where's the exit. Um, and he would have been eating ice cream. And to me, this whole thing is just, it is such a stark contrast. And it saddens me because... This is how the rest of the world sees us. And that's why it is of such enormous, enormous concern. And I'm not the only one. This is Jackie DeAngelis. She was on Fox earlier talking about she seeing Biden's drop in mental acuity that we're all seeing. There is a minimum age to run for president. The country wants a leader who has lived and has a certain amount of life experience and also a certain amount of maturity. Maybe there should be an upper limit, too, because 80 isn't created equal for everyone. Some people are sharp as a tack and some people are like Joe Biden. So in two more years, you know, you only can imagine that this cognitive decline is going to get worse. Yeah. Can you imagine it getting worse? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Dom, line seven in Minnesota. Go ahead, Dom. 
Yeah, Reed, I remember they wrote a book about George Bush's boo-boos after he retired, uh, you know, making fun of all of his misstatements. Yes, that's but, right. Yeah, but Jill Biden and the gang today misunderestimated his ability to declare mission accomplished after serving his first term. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they really totally misunderstood, misunderestimated him. That's the word, that's the word that George Bush used, and they made such fun of it. Yeah, and so they I made think, and and think about just like you yeah. just said, the double standard is an interesting point too, Dom. Because can you yeah. imagine if this was like Trump suddenly in decline? They would be every single minute. They would be going after him, or or DeSantis, or whoever it is. They would be going. They'd be going crazy. And yet, this guy gets somehow a free pass. Yep, I think you know it's not Trump or DeSantis. If you have an R, they want to rip you apart. That's their motto. But I think after the recent election, every time Joe Biden opens his mouth to speak his mind, it's only focused on Hunter. It's almost like Joe is trying to talk policy, but thinking Parmesan cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And and by the way, speaking of which, Dom, uh, later uh, later on in the show, we're going to talk about the fact that Hunter showed up at the uh, turkey pardon today. Can you imagine, you know, when they pardoned, it was, uh, of course, chocolate and chip was the name of the turkeys because that's Joe's favorite ice cream. So um, that was the name of the turkeys that they pardoned at the White House. And you would think with all the attention on Hunter Biden these days that the last place he should be is like palling around with his dad at the White House. And there he is petting the old turkeys. I mean, it was like it was like a bunch of turkeys all in one room. And I'm not even just talking about the turkeys. I'm talking about the Biden family. It was nuts. And I'm thinking how disrespectful or just like how brazen that Hunter is. Mr. Parmesan hanging around with the turkeys. We're going to talk about that and Joe's age after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a really powerful story coming from Kansas City, Missouri, where we're going to talk about a teen who was honored for providing life-saving help to a Missouri police officer who was shot at an intersection. A Kansas City, Missouri teen was honored this month for her bravery after jumping into action to save an officer who had been shot at a very busy intersection. 17-year-old high schooler Ava Donegan was heading to a local shopping mall with her friends when she witnessed a man shoot Excelsior Springs officer Andrew Stott while they were stopped in traffic. Officer Stott ran to the vehicle that Ava was in after he got shot. She didn't know whether more bullets were flying, but she could see that he needed help. He had been shot in the right arm and the left hand. Officer Stott pointed out where his tourniquet was on his outer carrier vest. Ava helped him retrieve it and put it on his wounded arm. When the officer said, can you help me with my tourniquet? I was like, absolutely, I can help you with your tourniquet. I can do whatever I can. It was really useful to have that knowledge from my father, who also helped me and taught me first aid. Since the officer was unable to reach his radio due to his injuries, Donegan took control of the situation, was able to provide dispatchers with the necessary information to send help to the officers. How amazing is that? 
Ava and her friend had come to Excelsior Springs that day to go shopping. She had no obligation to help a law enforcement officer in a life or death situation, but she did. She also assisted the sheriff's office in our investigation of the incident, providing information about what she witnessed. That's a statement from the sheriff's office there. And saying also further, I cannot imagine how proud your family is. You don't see citizens like this every day take the chance in life to make a difference. I have never met the officer you helped, but I can assure you if he was my son, I would be so thankful that you were there that horrible day to help him. That is according to another officer in another department. And people around the country have been flooding her with just grateful messages of her help. And hopefully it will inspire many people of all ages, including teens. Bravo to 17-year-old high schooler Ava Donegan for helping this police officer and showing how important it is to always support our men and women in blue. And thank goodness the officer is also going to be okay. Well, speaking of okay, uh, Joe Biden and his verbiage ain't okay. I mean, when you sit there and you listen to him, he is fumbling and bumbling and he is babbling all over the place. And yet the New York Times puts out this message because he turned 80 over the weekend. And they put out this thing about where they spoke to 10 experts in aging to paint the picture of what the next six years could look for a person of President Biden's age. And they were saying that, you know what, Um, he has a great chance to continue such a vibrant life um, that, you know, because of his personal interactions, he's clearly mentally stimulated by so much going on in the world, Um, close family ties, all these different things that they said always add to people's ages, social interaction, stimulating job, all those different things, uh, strong family network factors that seem to help people in life. But they leave out the point that the guy is clearly in cognitive decline. They make it sound like he is like, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, Kevin Costner and Dancing with Wolves, like he's about to get on the horse and like take on the cavalry. Are you kidding me? We've seen this movie before and this one ain't pretty. 1-800-848-9222. That was a great movie, though, by the way. Um, here is Kaylee McEnany earlier. She, of course, was President Trump's press secretary. And she said there is no doubt in her mind that Joe Biden, he is just having way too much trouble. And it's going to be much more visible as time goes on. Nancy Pelosi has her job together or did before she retired. You know, there she's an example of one. Um, but Joe Biden's not one of them. All you have to do is watch. And it makes me think, you know, in 2024, he can't hide in the basement or maybe he can. You know, they hid Fetterman away. They will try to hide him away, lean into official duties. But he'll have to debate three times. Um, he'll have to be out there to some degree. Yeah, he will have to be out there. He will have to debate, although he got he could take the Fetterman example and like debate so late in the game when people have already like cast all their votes. Um, and also, what about also even in New York State? Think about it. Lee Zeldin uh, really, really, I think, got messed up because had he been able to do more debates with Kathy Hochul, she probably would not have done as well as she did. And he came very close, as we know, in the elections. He had an amazing, amazing turnout uh, for a liberal, you know, state. Here he is, a Republican and wrote on crime and um, so many other issues, the economy and all those things. 
And yet had that debate been maybe the first of two or three, because she didn't do well in the debate, I don't think. And I think it hurt her. And you could see it in the polls. He was having momentum. But she only agreed to one, and it came together like two or three days right before the debate was supposed to take place. And then you look at Fetterman. Fetterman, there were like 700,000 votes already cast in Pennsylvania before, and they thought he was doing okay. So who knows? Maybe Joe Biden, you can't really do that on the presidential level. You're supposed to do X debates, and I think there will be enormous pressure, at least not to do maybe two debates, you know, with the two, you know, the leader, whoever the nominee is from the Democrats and whoever the nominee is from the Republican. But boy, I can't, I just don't know how he's going to even make it another four years, just from a, a super cognitive level. He should be home with his family and just, you know, living out his hay life and, and enjoying life, relaxing, you know, thinking of all oh, good old days. Uh, but to be watching him right now at a time where the world is so tenuous, it is downright frightening. And again, this is the same party that voted good old hello, good night, Fetterman. You know, I mean, boy. And if you listen to some people in the liberal media, listen to this, because take a listen on uh, this is on News Nation. And here is a professor, Jay Olshansky, talking to the host there. And he like made it sound like Joe Biden is Superman. Like, I want to know what are the what kind of drugs are these guys on? did this uh, study that was published evaluating uh, President Biden and President Trump's medical records. And you discovered that Biden is something called a super ager. What is that? So, uh, first of all, I did this work with uh, colleagues of mine who are board certified geriatricians, they're MDs, and we evaluated the detailed medical records of uh, both Biden and Trump and came to the conclusion that both of them exhibit characteristics of superagers. This is a subgroup of the population that can, that are 80 and, uh, aged 80 and older who are exhibiting many of the uh, signs and symptoms associated with being decades younger in terms of cognitive functioning. A very unusual subgroup of the population. And what we've seen, uh, certainly from Biden's medical records, suggests that he has all of the characteristics of these uh, younger individuals. He takes very few medications. Um, he's on his bicycle, which, you know, the fact that he fell off is almost completely irrelevant. The fact that he was on it to begin with is an indication that he's physically active, uh, which is, right. uh, you know, a common characteristic and, among these healthy people. But, yeah, I mean, first of all, that he is a super ager. This is a guy who's falling up and it saddens me up the stairs this is a guy who's like, oh, where do I go when I'm done with the speech? Remember, he had the cheat sheets the other night that were like, you speak first, you sit down, you talk to this person. I mean, this is not a super ager. This is a super decliner. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Pete. Line three. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, I heard those cuts you played. This poor guy. I mean, I've uh, everything he does and stands for, I'm against. But I feel sorry for him because this is really sick. Why does his wife allow him to go out and humiliate himself like that? That's my question. Yeah, you know, it's a good question because the wife's a teacher and the wife, wife seems super articulate and spry. Um, and she clearly sees what we all see. I mean, she's around him. And, you know, the thing that's interesting too, Pete, is that I've, I mean, I've known President Biden a long time. I met President Biden the first time in the mid nineties. 
So I've met him, and he was always very, like, quippy. I've talked about this on the air. Whether, you know, you agree with him politically or not, I'm just talking about mental acuity. He was always, like, you know, kind of uh, always had a little spunk in him, you know, sometimes had a little zinger in him. That was always sort of his style. He always seemed somebody who was pretty quick on the draw. And that's why when I see him, to me, he has declined unbelievably. It's like shocking how much he has declined. And very quickly, too. Like, I feel like it's been in the last few years that he's, boy, just gone. Like, when he was vice president, I think he was still fairly, whether, I, you know, he didn't have the best decisions or whatever, but that's separate. He mentally was still very quick. And I remember when I heard that, oh, well, he might be running Oh, well, that'll be interesting because, boy, he'll, like, be really feisty. And he was feisty even in that debate again when he was VP um, against then Paul Ryan, remember, who was the VP choice for Mitt Romney. And I've said it that I thought he did a great job. He cleaned Ryan's clocks that night because he was, like, really nasty and kind of zingery. He had that kind of fight that Trump has, you know, sort of a similar style. And you, there is there is no comparison now, Pete. I mean— you know, think about what Trump did last week, Trump at age 76, and now you got Biden only four years older. He's almost like he's acting like he's like his grandfather, almost the, his style. Don't you think, Pete? I mean, it's night and day in terms of just mental acuity. I do. I mean, Donald Trump is brilliant. He got us through the four years he proved himself. Now, you know, with the Santas, he's very good, but I think... His time will be maybe in four to six to eight years later. I don't think he could do what Donald could do because Donald's a businessman. Donald knows how to ring people's bells and get what he wants. And I, I love him for that. And I'll stand behind Donald Trump to the end. I ain't changing over. I'm sorry. Unless Donald decides to drop out. And he's the only one that could lose uh, that election if he wants to. Now, do you, I mean, do you ever, I never see Donald Trump dropping out. Do you? I don't. He's not a quitter. Yeah, I don't. It's not in his vocabulary. It will not, it's not in his history. So no. He does not a quitter. He's a winner. Yeah. And, and listen, the fact that he came in early clearly says to me too, Pete, he did it absolutely for a reason because he said coming in right away sets the tone to everybody else. Uh, in other words, if you want to come in the arena, you're welcome to, but I'm already in it. You know, I thought I actually thought that was a really smart move from that perspective. A lot of people wish he had waited, that everybody would wait until after everything that's going on in Georgia, you know, with the, uh, the elections on uh, the 6th of December. But the fact that he got in when he did, I think, was an interesting strategic move because now anybody is the, the headlines going to be so and so who's going to be going up against Trump, you know. Uh, he's not like the Johnny come lately. The next person is the Johnny or Johnette <laughs> come lately. Don't you think? I mean, it's an interesting strategy, Pete. Yeah. He's a plus for the Republicans, not a, not a negative. I mean, all these guys are jumping off the bandwagon. They're making a big mistake. And another week or two or three when he gets out there and you see the people running to him and the numbers to be there for his events. I've been to one event, and I'll tell you, it was probably the greatest thing that I – ever seen. I could not imagine. It was better than the Rolling Stones and the Beatles at the same time in a concert, and that's a lot. Wow. That, that By the way, boy, would that be, uh, a, that's a combo. And you know what? It's interesting, Pete, because I hear what you're saying, and I don't know if there's anybody else um, on the GOP side, and very few, I mean, maybe Michelle Obama has that sort of like, you know, they they love the Obamas, you could tell, on the Democratic side. But 
other than that, I mean, even on the GOP side, I don't know if there's anybody that can pack a stadium like Trump. I honestly, I mean, right. you know, you tell you say Trump's coming to town, the the place is packed. People wait for hours, for days to get tickets. There's there's you have to like have some people who just are so excited about you. Milk toast is not going to win. Milk toast wins no elections. You know. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Pete, I love you. Always great talking to you. And give your wife, Renee, my best, too, Pete. Thanks so much. Uh, Let's go to Stan, uh, line seven. Stan, your thoughts. The guy is overweight. No, I I think Joe Biden Biden looks great. No, I think Joe Biden looks great. He does look great. He's in better (laughs) physical condition than the fat guy from Florida. He was overweight in that when he made his announcement. He didn't look like he even wanted to be there. The New York Post put him on page 35 and never mentioned his name. Some guy went for president. He's toast. He's toast. He'll debate. I got news for you. People have underestimated Joseph Biden for years. They thought they were going to clean up in the election. He made a speech on democracy. People listened, and it made a difference, and it was coherent. No, 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 no. Donnie Dummy is on his way out. I'm not sure. You know, first of all, first of all, he's a very smart man, Stan. I mean, no, no, he's smart. You know, he, he, uh, you know, ice skating rings, absolutely, and co-ops and condos, absolutely. I take notes from him. Stan, wait, Stan, Stan, hang on one second, though. You have to look. Let's look at the numbers. And actually, what what I thought. Hang on. What I thought was very powerful that President Trump did when he spoke from, you know, Mar-a-Lago last week, he laid out, he said, OK, under me, here was the economy. I did this. I did this. The border was secure. There were there were a lot of things in there that he can now say, hey, look what I did do, because a lot of people prior to 2016 thought just like you, like he's a great he's a successful businessman and that's it. He fooled them then, if you will, in your mind. Although many people would say he clearly did well. He's a super smart guy. You know, I mean, if you you know, Stan, I I will let you. But you have to also admit that it takes a very smart man to become president. He had a he did do well when he was president in terms of the economy was roaring. Operation Warp Speed. I mean, all of these things that you could say, Stan, there's 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 they're the facts. We were energy independent. And now he recited a number of things. And you sit there and you go, look at our country now. You know, obviously you don't like him, Stan, but the facts stand for themselves. He's got a great record to be able to say, look at the contrast between this guy and the White House. Okay, can I talk now? You may now, Stan. Go ahead. I mean, you let the other guy talk for 20 minutes. Stan, Uh, I let you talk for a long time. I do, Stan. I do, Stan. By the way, happy birthday. I'll throw that in now. Thank you, Stan. Thank you. I know how sincerely. Thank you. No, I'm 35, Stan. Is that what you tell everybody? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. But what's the real? I mean, you you know, you look. I've seen you on the street. I'd say you're forty five to fifty. Am I wrong? Uh, you, you'll have to look it up, Stan. You'll have to look it up. <laughs> Won't admit to it. Okay. No, no, well, no. You'll have, you'll have to look it up. You'll see right, it. You'll see it. To, let's go get ahead. back to Trump. Let's. You want to go over his record? I'll go over with you day and night. You want to go over it? Here it goes. Tax cuts. My dog could do tax cuts. That meant nothing. Okay. As far as the pandemic, yes, I'll give him this. He got the companies together and came up with the money. 
It was then when he opened his mouth afterwards, telling people, you know, you don't have to do this. There's nothing to this disease. And it caused millions of people to die. Let me also say this about foreign policy. Okay. What did he do with China? Nothing. What did he do with Korea? I'll give him one thing he did with Korea. He got some bodies back from the Korean War. Other than that, they're worse off than they were before. So please don't talk. And Iran. Let's talk Iran, okay? Four years, he didn't want to negotiate with them. They're very close now to a nuclear uh, uh, weapon and nuclear uh, fusion. Whose fault was that? Joe Biden? No, that's for him for not talking to your enemy. You talk to your enemy, not your friends. Which is exactly why he spoke to North Korea. Remember, he went to Kim Jong-un, and you're minimizing that. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth, Stan, you know, because clearly— he goes to North Korea, and remember, he was there, you know, in the demilitarized zone uh, with Kim, and there they are talking, and, and, and things were much more peaceful in the world at that time. I mean, that was an enormous uh, moment, and you look at the the lack of American deaths, thank goodness, that's a beautiful thing to see. The lack of wars, that's a great thing to see. I mean, you know, maybe the machine doesn't like that, but I think all Americans appreciate that. Um, I mean, there's some amazing accomplishments. China, uh, you could tell that she definitely was more concerned about Trump. Remember, he was talking about tariffs and all these things, putting them in place. He at least had some guts. Can you imagine if he had a call with Xi right after COVID? It would be like, uh, let's go through. Let me send inspectors to the Wuhan lab tomorrow, buddy. You know what I mean? I mean, our president doesn't even bring it up. I mean, what a wuss bag. We have, as you point out, a million People that have died, a million Americans have died. And first of all, that was not Trump's fault, Stan. That to me is such a low blow. That is not Trump's fault. There were so many deaths around this country and around this world. And there were so many deaths. And he got Operation Warp Speed Up, which were the vaccines. It came out of nowhere. There were deaths around the world. So to me, to blame him for that is just, it's ridiculous, Stan. But I'll take the fact that you think I'm 45 years old. That I like about you. Stan, love you. Thank you. We're continuing with your calls after the break, everyone. The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about President Biden's mental acuity. You just heard Stan. Stan thinks uh, Biden walks on water. Oh, no problem. The guy is great. And yet he thinks everything is Trump, 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 Trump. Sounds like uh, most of the Democrats in Congress. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jimmy. Uh, Line seven. Jimmy, your thoughts. Yes, we could talk about uh, Biden's national security and uh, stuff like that. You know, three times Biden voted against aid to the freedom fighters in Nicaragua. So Biden was on the wrong side during the Cold War. The idea that Stanley would defend a guy like this, I have a feeling Stanley is secretly a real right-wing conservative because he's making the left and the Democrats look angry and incredibly stupid. So I think that Stanley is really working on our side, but he's overdoing it. He's making his side and the Democrats look too stupid. He has to be on our side. 
there's a strategy and tactic called discredit from within. So I think he's pretending to be a Democrat, and he's making the worst, stupidest argument you could make. And you and know the one thing, though, Jimmy? Cool. He's consistent. you got to give him credit for that. He's consistent. <laughs> Listen, the doctors who evaluated Biden and said he's fit and he's a super ager, they might have meant he's a super agent, agent of a foreign power. Either that or that doctor who made that analysis came from the Fauci School of Medicine. Yeah, very good. Yeah. They went, yes, it's it's got a stamp from the Wuhan lab. Is that a concern? Exactly. <laughs> he, may, he may be getting his medication from the Wuhan lab. You know, oh, my, well, experimental. all the bat study. I'm going batty just thinking about it. You know, oh, my God. Jimmy, thank you. Great to hear from you. Let's go to Rick. Line four real quick, Rick. Hello, lovely Rita. Um, you know how they say 50 is the new 40? Well, 969-year-old Methuselah is the new 80-year-old Biden. Oh, my God. That's a good one, Rick. Uh, although, you know, I would say uh, the first individual from history, I would say that might be a little more spry. That, that one feels a little more contemporary than the president. My goodness. Wow. Rick, great one. We're going to continue, everybody, talking about Greek anthropology and a lot more. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Biden looked a little rough and tumble at the age of 80. He's going to be getting a lot of heat and there's going to be a lot of stress in the Biden household because clearly we know that the Republicans who are taking over the majority of the House have said on day one, we're going to be in interviewing and we're going to be basically questioning and investigating in a huge way Hunter Biden and the big guy. Talk about stress. And this is one area that Biden definitely doesn't want to go into. Remember, he keeps saying, I don't know anything. I've never met any of the business people. I don't know them. Yet there's pictures of him. We know that Hunter was flying on the flights with him over to China. He was making literally hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars. There was an investment recently that we learned about uh, into energy sector, that there was a proposed deal from the Chinese into the U.S. energy sector at a time where we're like downright, you know, having problems in our energy sector. He's made us not energy independent anymore. And yet somehow there's some deal going on with Hunter, his son. I mean, there's a lot of questions here. So talk about the stress. Do you think that Biden is going to be able to handle that? He's going to go crazy. And that's going to add Another 20 years on his life in the first six months. Can you imagine? He does not want the GOP to go anywhere near Hunter. He's already made it clear, like, do not go there because maybe he's worried what they're going to unravel. And today's CBS, by the way, for the very first time, everybody confirmed 769 days after the New York Post broke the story. CBS News confirms that the Hunter Biden laptop is real. They finally confirmed it. Uh Did they see that the New York Post had it again 769 days ago? But finally, it's getting into where it's mainstream because clearly it's looking pretty bad. So you've got CBS, you've got other networks starting to cover the story. 
And maybe that's a sign that if the GOP does go forward, as they say, it's basically investigation number one, that they're going to look at Hunter Biden. If that's the case, well, it's going to get really ugly really quick, and that's going to age Joe Biden, and that's going to confuse him even more. Can you imagine? He is going to be asked every single which way but loose. Hey, what about this picture? What about this visit to the White House? And that's what's going to happen. There are going to be so many questions about visitor logs. And in fact, over the weekend, the uh, Republicans were saying, we're going to start looking. The first thing they're going to do is get bank records. They want to get bank records. They will have subpoena power. Think about that. They will have the ability to say, okay, this such and such bank, we want to see all the records that came in to Hunter Biden. We want to see where did the money go? Did 10% go to the big guy? Is the big guy President Biden? I mean, there are so many questions, and this could look really bad really fast. And maybe that might be the reason Joe Biden doesn't run a second term. Suddenly it's going to be like, uh, 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 I need to get out of here. But talk about stress. Your son, the guy who you say is the smartest guy you know, is going to be called in, you know, for questioning potentially. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be unraveling because that guy, boy, is he a mess. So you would think he'd be laying low. And today I was astounded that at the Thanksgiving turkey pardon, the traditional pardon that every president does, uh, you know, they always pardon a turkey or two. Well, this time, chocolate and chip were the two turkeys, the two white feathered turkeys that President Biden decided to pardon on Thanksgiving and the theme of Thanksgiving. And who is there petting the turkeys? Hunter Biden. It's like, what is he doing? This is really, really astounding to me. Here he is with all the GOP saying, we're going to investigate this guy. There's new information on the laptop that doesn't look good for President Biden. And it doesn't look good for sure for Hunter Biden, for sure. Um, And then they're bringing him Jim Biden, the president's brother. I mean, there's all these things that just look really, really bad. And you would think Hunter Biden would kind of lay low. And instead, here he is very publicly at the turkey thing, petting the turkeys, hanging around, like basically sticking it in every Republican's face. What do you make of that strategy? And what do you make of the fact that Hunter Biden doesn't seem to be hiding? He's not keeping a low profile in any shape or form. And this is the guy, remember, who couldn't keep it straight. Even when he was asked in those interviews on the book tour, it was like, uh, why were they paying you all that big money, Hunter? This is what he said back then. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the vice president. Of course, president. yeah. No, I, what I, role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. You were paid $50,000 a month for your position? Look, I'm a private citizen. One thing that I don't have to do is sit here and open my kimono as it relates to how much money I make or make or did or didn't. But it's all been reported. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Yeah. Do you think that maybe these people were trying to buy access to you? And then there are reports from the GOP that maybe some of the roads are leading to real estate deals that apparently he might have been covering dad's, you know, house and a couple other things. 
And he just doesn't even care. I mean, it's a really interesting strategy that with all these huge allegations that are coming out and again, now CBS, you know, we're talking, you know, this is not like a conservative media, CBS confirming that the information was correct, that the laptop also, they say, links President Biden to his son and also brother James Biden's overseas uh, influence deals. Um, So the question is, to what degree? Um, It says that originally, you know, remember, there were all these reports that maybe it was Russian disinformation, not Russian disinformation. So they were staying away from it. All these different groups were staying away from it. Washington Post has now belatedly verified that the laptop is real. The New York Times also belatedly refers that the laptop is real. Now you got CBS via Catherine Herridge, who used to work at Fox News. She's now saying it is real. So is that a sign that maybe the mainstream media is anxious to get to the answers and see what we all see? That clearly it doesn't look good. And that's not going to look good for President Biden. I mean, he's, how is he going to handle that? We've been talking about his age and all the issues that he's 80 years old. Do you think he can handle having his whole family and their finances and everything under scrutiny? And maybe now mainstream media also getting on board, too. What it means is that he can't walk down the hall or, or you know, try to do a press conference without hopefully a question on it. It hopefully opens the door in a big, big way. And I think it's going to age him even more. And you're telling me that this guy who couldn't figure out the difference between Parmesan cheese and crack, that this guy doesn't have a whole bunch of uh, blank, blank that they're going to discover? Take a listen. I spent more time on my hands and knees, picking through rugs, um, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, (laughs) anyone that you know, I'm sure, Tracy. (laughs) Because there'd be crumbs mixed in and you just... Yeah. I mean, I went one time for 13 days without sleeping and... Smoking crack and drinking vodka exclusively throughout that entire time. Yeah. And that guy is going to be, if you thought that Joe Biden looks like a tough 80, wait till like a few weeks of hearings with Hunter Biden or they start subpoenaing, you know, bank records, real estate records. Maybe they get somebody over in uh, Russia who happens to give information or Ukraine or you know, or China, maybe there's who knows where this is going to lead. I mean, there's a lot of interesting countries that are entangled in all of this. And wait till you see some of those records. They say they're shell companies. That was the other thing that James Comer was saying the other day. Uh, They find a shell company that suddenly, you know, whether it ties to the big guy or not, and it turns out that Hunter Biden was doing XXXXX selling influence and maybe said something to his dad and his dad made a decision that care. Oh, this is going to be this is going to be really, really ugly. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tom. Line one. Tom, your thoughts. Hey, Tom, Hi, are you there? Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, Rita, how are you? Good. How are you doing? There, I'm doing good. First of all, happy Thanksgiving to you, your family, and all of your audience. Thank you very great, much. Great, Thank great you. American holiday. Thank you. You I, too. I have my flags up during this holiday. Awesome. Uh, there was a, there was a really smart guy on your station earlier. He's a lawyer, and he was kind of explaining 
what um, the purpose of Merrick Garland in appointing special counsel on the Trump things. The real purpose is to subpoena under the uh, special investigation the records that the present committee has and keeping them from when the Republicans take over that committee. And it's a key thing. That's a very um, interesting thing. And you know, it's funny. I've seen a couple people talk about that. And that very well may be part of it. Because look at the timing of it. It was right after basically the GOP got the House. And boom, it's, that's it. it's a really the you know, it's I remember hearing that originally, almost almost immediately after the announcement of it. And I'm glad you reminded me of that. Because you're right. Then it keeps access to the special counsel and they could say, oh, it's my investigation. You know, you can't have X, 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 X. Um, it's 100 percent. Yeah, it's in it. But but the thing is, you know, you could make the case on the flip side. Let's talk about on the Hunter Biden case right oh, now. Please. Right now, Tom, there is no special counsel. So so there's you know, I talk about it might have actually helped them if they had done a special counsel on, in that regard. But now they don't have a thing. So the GOP can start subpoenaing left and right. This is way out there. But here's my prediction. Um, Joe will not run in 2024. He'll resign so he can pardon Hunter, and then Kamala will pardon him. And in the meantime, uh, Joe will grant amnesty to all the illegals. That's the deal in my head. Wow. Well, you know, some of these pardon things are not so far off because um, – I, you know, it sounds so bad with Hunter. You don't know where it's going. Of course, you know, you were just listening to what they say they have. And we've heard of some of the things that are on there on the laptop. But if they can prove some of these things, and I'm always give people the benefit of the doubt, but if they can prove what's on there, uh, Hunter will need a pardon if they can prove it. You know, uh, but it's, it's we have to see what they got. But they cha- they claim they have some pretty serious stuff out there. Um, that would tie, you know, the president and others. Let's see where it goes. Um, and it may end up. And, and, and I just, y'all even brought up the point, Tom. I mean, Biden just looks like he looks, he's our, he's a tough 80, you know? I mean, there, there are some 80 years old that are amazing. I mean, my father, my father was running. My father ran 33 marathons in his life. Um, and my father was, was running, um, you know, long distance races when he was 80. You know, I and my father, like, you know, there's there's some really sharp as attack 80 years old. So 80 is I, I agree. There's some sharp 90 years old. There's sharp hundreds years old. I've met some amazing World War Two veterans that, you know, their mental acuity would put anybody to shame. But this guy ain't it. And 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 it's 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 going to age him when they start going after his son. And I'm glad they're going after his son because we need answers one way or the other. You know, whether it clears them or whether it blows the lid off of it. But I, I find it hard to believe that Hunter uh, wasn't an enormous liability to this president uh, that didn't put him in the position where he'd be enormously compromised. Just given the background and the people he was hanging around with, Tom. I mean, my goodness, you know. What about the art gallery? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His art <laughs> that they're selling for well, like 500000 That's the I'm glad you brought that up, Tom, because. I I there I have skills. Art ain't one of them. It's not one of them, right? I could draw better than Hunter Biden. I have I have like you know I have uh, you know like a like a godchild who's like four years old. He would draw better, you know. I mean, Tom, this is crazy. 
that that people are spending five hundred thousand. That should absolutely be looked into. Talk about a payola. Like who is the moron? Either the moron who's paying five hundred thousand, or the person who's buying access through that way too. I mean, you can't tell me some wealthy Chinese guy or somebody who somehow it goes back to him that he's not expecting some favor in return. You know, there, there, that's got to be looked into too. Either you're mm-hmm. blind or you're, you're, or you're buying access because that hey. guy's artwork isn't anywhere near Da Vinci's. Let me ask you a question. Where's Eisenhower when we need him? Yeah, good point. Good point. Boy, oh, you're no, right. No, yes, there it goes. Yeah, yeah. We we need true leadership and somebody who cares about this country. Tom, thank you very much. Great call. We're going to continue with your calls after the break. Everybody, one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. are talking about President Biden, age 80, and so many Democrats are even in question his mental acuity. And there are lots of issues. Uh, There are Democrats, on the other hand, who are saying, oh, he is spry as a tack. Uh, But I discontent. I mean, boy, he's got so many issues. And you look at the fact he's having physical issues. Yeah, he's riding a bike. Um, but you can also tell that mentally he is definitely in decline. I want to play actually cut number seven. This is Michelle Tafoya. Uh, she was making this comment earlier today about what we all see as a mental decline in him and the thought of him going two more years and then another four. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. Commercials are already being made, right? Because he's had so many gaffes and so many issues where you watch him speak and you go, what is he saying? What's he saying? How's he, you know? So I, I think that the Times doth protest too much. When you have to outline <laughs> all these things he has going for him, like his family and his intellect and his stimulating job, then clearly maybe there's something lacking somewhere else. Look, unless you're a science denier, you know that with age comes cognitive decline. It just is a fact of life. So he's facing it, and the Democrats, I think, are going to have to come up with an alternative. Yeah, but if you listen to some of the Democrats like Adam Shifty Schiff, he says, oh, this guy is just the best. He's like Stan. He can walk on water. Today is Joe Biden's 80th birthday. Do you think he should run for re-election? Uh, I think he should. I think he's uh, extremely capable. What he's been able to do in the last two years uh, is an unprecedented level of accomplishment. If he wants to continue, I'm, I'm for him. Do you think he has done an unprecedented level of accomplishments? And do you think his mental and physical acuity can carry him through as the fact, as we are talking also about Hunter Biden, who doesn't seem to be laying low in any form? He's out there. He was at the White House today hanging around with the little uh, turkeys that got pardoned. He brought his son, his two-year-old son, Bo, and he brought him there to the White House The 52-year-old, you know, Hunter Biden, who you know is going to be witness number one on the GOP side, or at least the focus of the investigation. And yet he's just kind of hanging around. No big deal. It's like thumbing his nose in so many ways at the American public and so many people who want answers 
from this guy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave. Line 8. Dave, your thoughts. Hi, Rhea. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my thoughts are that I think that we'd be doing the Democratic Party a favor by focusing in only on Joe Biden and his son's illegal activities. He'll probably resign. He'll probably be moved out of the way. What the impeachment process should be is an impeachment of the Democratic Party agenda, focusing on all the failed policies that have wreaked havoc to thousands of our citizens and the victims and the human, uh, shown the human face of that suffering of those lost loved ones to fentanyl poisonings due to criminal violence because of illegal aliens coming over who are violent criminals. All that should be on display in in the impeachment hearing. If you want to change minds, you got to change hearts and you got to show that human suffering to the American people. Yeah, no question. Manage that opportunity. And, you know, Dave, the other thing, too, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit, too, is the energy policies. I find what Joe Biden has done to our energy industry reprehensible. And the fact that now we find out that the son has some ties to an energy company, obviously we know that to a number of them, but was working to try to get China to get access somehow to the U.S. energy. And now get a load of this one. I can't believe this. He's at, you know, of course, meeting with all the folks at the G20 and elsewhere. He comes with the resolution that he is agreeing basically to spend one billion U.S. dollars, Dave. One that's a B. One billion U.S. dollars for climate reparations to poorer countries because U.S. emissions created problems in other countries, Are, and China is exempt from this. Dave, I got to get your reaction. Talk about irresponsible at a time where Americans could use a billion dollars. You're sending a how? Are you, first of all, how are you going to monitor who got damaged by American energy policy and China gets a pass, Dave? That that sounds awfully yeah. fishy to me. Well, Rita, it's all about again the leftist agenda, which managing the decline of America. Which try and and you know, let's face it, leftists the only way they get in power is having people who depend on them. Well, that's a sad state of affairs because it puts us all in a bad place. And America needs to take care of Americans. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, a powerful story coming from Michigan, where the daughters of the American Revolution, what a great, great group they gave my dad. By the way, they honored my dad at Constitution Hall years ago, which was just unbelievable. They're such patriots. They presented a quilt of valor to a veteran in Michigan, John O'Keefe. Mr. O'Keefe served in the U.S. Marine Corps, 
from November 1965 to November 1967. The presentation was made at a local Episcopal church and by a member who actually made the quilt. How beautiful is that? And she is also, by the way, a veteran herself. I love that. Uh, The DAR of Michigan and the John Alden chapter participate in the Under Our Wings program of the Quilts of Valor Foundation. And since since 2003, the foundation's mission is to cover service members and veterans touched by war with comforting and healing quilts of valor. How beautiful is that? Uh, John O'Keefe simply said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Someone cares. Thank you for what you have done and for giving back. What a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, him appreciating their service and, of course, certainly them appreciating his great service to our country. And, of course, we always love doing this segment every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, Support Our Heroes, where we focus on giving back. By the way, everybody, I want to mention on our Back the Blue, too, um, because we have always done on the show our Back the Blue segment, and we do our Support Our Heroes segment here on the show. I love both of these ones. And to go along with our Back the Blue segment every night, the Rita Cosby Show Store has a line of Back the Blue merchandise, everybody. So head over to store.ritacosbyonline.com. That's store.ritacosbyonline.com. And check out our line of Back the Blue gear. And when you use the promo code RITA15, that's my age, RITA15, you will receive 15% off of your order. How awesome is that? So go to store.ritacosbyonline.com. Check out our great line of gear. Type in the promo code RITA15 and you will receive 15% off of your order. They make great gifts to people that you love in, of course, law enforcement and just people who support law enforcement, too, which is so important now more than ever. That's store.ritacosbyonline.com and back the blue. Thank you, everybody, also for supporting our great men and women in law enforcement and also our great veterans. Well, we are talking about President Joe Biden and just what is clearly mental decline and physical decline. He hit 80. Uh, he hit his 80th birthday. And that happened, of course, at a time where he's like all over the place. I mean, he can't keep his story straight. And a lot of the things are major foreign policy faux pas, too. And that's a big concern. Remember when he told, like, the 82nd Airborne, hey, when you go into Ukraine, and everyone's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, he's sending, you know, the U.S. troops into Ukraine. And then, you know, other quick comments. It's like all over the place. And how about this one, this misspeak, uh, where he talked about sending armaments to Russia? Take a listen. Before Russia attacked. We made sure Russia had javelins and other weapons. The strength of the defenses in Ukraine was ready for whatever happened. And then, remember, he keeps telling this story all the time about where his son, Bo, passed away. I say this as a father of a man who won the Broad Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal, and lost his life in Iraq. And remember, his son passed away well after his service in the military. And it's like, uh, 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 I mean, it's really, really scary, I think. And it saddens me because this is a guy, again, who was very quippy, very spirited. You see even Nancy Pelosi, 
uh, at her age saying, you know what, I think it's time to pass the reins to somebody else. But who is in Joe Biden's ear advising him to do that? Because that's clearly the best advice for the country. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Susan. Line one. Susan, your thoughts about all this? Hi, Rita, and happy belated birthday. Thank you. And thanks, happy Thanksgiving. You you are a real star. We love, you know, hearing you. You're so great at uh, just fielding all these different points of view. My feeling is not enough is said about Joe Biden had in 1988 two life-threatening um, aneurysms. That's right. He had two brain aneurysms many years ago. But you're right that this could be like, you know, lasting repercussions because it's been a long time since that, obviously. Well, and then I believe that he also, in his weakened state, has been um, surrounded by people like... Um, Ron claim is it claims and uh, I hate to say her name is Susan. Oh my God, Susan Rice and that crowd have put into his brain, which I think is a little infantile, maybe at this stage that he can be the greatest, you know, most progressive since FDR if he just goes along with all of these insane, you know. Uh, 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 global policies and that even, um, you know, there's been many, many uh, very credible people that believe that uh, he is very uh, compromised. Well, and, Um, you know, Susan, you talk about, by the way, I'm glad you brought up the brain aneurysms because you're right. He did have two in February 1988. um, And obviously that was a while ago. Um, but who knows what kind of impact that might have had, you know, long term, who knows, um, right. you know, and the other issue, you talk about some of these policies. I mean, one of the latest things that I just heard this, this to me stunned me. And I brought this up right before the break because I wanted to make sure I shared it with all of you, Susan. Today, he is talking, he has agreed uh, with a whole bunch of his buddies at the UN basically to pay one billion dollars mm-hmm. of climate reparations to poor countries mm-hmm. that's us dollars taxpayer dollars that a number of the wealthier developed countries around the world and us leading the pack will be spending is this where we should be spending money right now i mean to me this is outrageous don't you think this is sort of par for the course susan well and these countries the money is just going to go these are all you know uh total dictators, despots that are going to get the money. It's not going to the poor people in the third world. And besides, we are the only ones that have had significant um, uh, uh, beneficial uh, results from our um, environmental uh, actions in in the way of um, emissions and they're the ones that are polluting the words world. So why are this a transfer of wealth? Simple and plain. And American people have to wake up. Yeah. And by the way, absolutely, it's outrageous. And the fact the the to sort of like you know put the cherry on the pie there, Susan. And thank you for the birthday greetings too. Thank you so much, Susan. Um, in addition to all that, China 
is getting a free pass. China, the worst polluter in the world. I mean, if that doesn't like sort of send that this is virtue signaling, um, I don't know what does. You know, I mean, here it is, China, which is definitely the world's worst, gets a free pass. So how did that work out? Can you imagine, like, if it was President Trump in the room with this? First of all, he'd say, uh, no thanks, no reparations, you know? First of all, how do you decide that, like, U.S. energy, what, created contamination somehow in Zimbabwe? I mean, I have a hard time believing with that. And you think about how much a million dollars would go to America right now where we're hurting. There's American families this week that are worried about, like, how are they going to pay for Thanksgiving? How, you know, turkeys are so much more expensive. We were at a turkey drive last week and, and even just getting turkeys, this is to get those in need. The, the turkeys are like $10 more just because that's how much things are costing now. That's just the turkeys and then the dressing and then the, you know, cranberry. There are people who are worried, how are we going to have food on the table on Thanksgiving? And so you go through that and then you hear that he's giving away a billion dollars for virtue signaling in China. Doesn't have to pay a dime. It's outrageous. Here is Kaylee McEnany, by the way, commenting about it, because this to me is so disgusting. This is the exact opposite of America first. You know, when President Trump pulled out of the Paris Climate Accord, he said, I'm president of Pittsburgh, not Paris. It appears Biden's president of Paris and not Pittsburgh because he (laughs) wants to essentially walk right back into at least that lane of the Paris Climate Accord, which if you look at the numbers, it would have cost us $3 trillion over several decades, 6.5 million jobs just evaporate, 3 million of which uh, would have been jobs in the coal industry. But this is what President Biden wants. And meanwhile, Two-thirds of emissions are from China. China has two-thirds more emissions, I should say, than the United States and Europe. So they go on not emitting, not paying any money, and we foot the bill, I guess. Welcome to Biden's America. Yeah, welcome to Biden's America. And here's Michelle Tafoya talking about it, too, as well. Like, who decides, you know, who is the perpetrator of climate damage and how do you measure it? And how do we end up where we're spending one billion U.S. taxpayer dollars to help some country because it's reparations that we did the harm, yet China isn't paying a dime. This sounds so fishy and so over the top. Who is going to decide which scientists are going to be hired to determine how climate change affected which parts of which countries and which weather events were caused by this? Who is paying these scientists? What strings are attached to these scientists that are supposedly going to determine how much money is owed to each little region for whatever damage they've had? This is just, and the fact that China's not being held their feet to the fire, that's insane and that's embarrassing and it's a joke. Yeah, it is a real joke. I mean, talk about virtue signaling. Um, Susan, since you've been nice to stay on real quick, I'll get you to respond, Susan. Oh, absolutely. Um, there, there is just this whole climate change is a hoax. Um, it is it is something that is not urgent. Whereas urgent is the Chinese Communist Party is our biggest, most very um, uh, near term threat, and that's why I believe Donald Trump is our best solution because he's already tested. We can't get a um, new president that has to be onboarded. We need President Trump and his experience and executive mind, his relationships. He can hit the ground running. 
Thank you so much, Susan. I just think about, boy, if, if he was in the room and somebody said, hey, uh, President Trump, we'd like you to spend a billion dollars in climate reparation. Um, I think the laughter would be like, you know, for, for going on for a couple hours. He'd be like, are you kidding me? I mean, I, and can you imagine at a time right now where the economy is hurting? They're thinking about doing another rate hike for interest rates. You know, he'd be like, uh, take that person and shove it. <laughs> you know, I'm being nice. Oh, my God. Let's go to Ed. Line four. Ed, your thoughts. I agree with Susan. Uh, I used to live in Stanford, Connecticut. And uh, when Obama was president, he uh, took a helicopter ride and uh, to give a speech at one of the hotels in Greenwich. And he looked down at Byram, which is a waterfront community in Greenwich where all the hedge fund guys live. And he was totally angry at all the big houses. And uh, he's pulling the strings with Joe Biden. This is about class warfare. But, and you know, the thing is, you you hit another great point that I'm thinking of. They go to this climate conference, right? You know, they all take these fancy schmancy uh, planes um, that emitted like, you know, what is it like? Uh, you know, I don't have the exact number of the hydrocarbons or whatever. But the fact that these are the people who are virtue signaling, but yet they take these planes that are emitting so much, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, contamination into the air, um, yet they are flying in these, you know, uh, you know, climate killing machines on the way over there, all these world leaders. And then they say at the end of the day, well, we have to spend X amount to save. Well, then just don't take these flights. You know, they're all you driving know. around in cars. They're not driving. I don't see them driving in electric vehicles. Do you? They're known, like John Kerry. He takes a private plane all over the place. Yeah, he is the biggest hypocrite. You're right. He takes these private planes all over. And then when you ask him, he's like, oh, well, I need to get there quickly. Well, then, you know what? Then don't preach to somebody else what you're not going to practice. You know, I have one other point about um, transitioning to electric vehicles. If Biden were smart, he would have increased oil production, which would have lowered the price. He could have tagged on a 25 cent uh, a gallon tax. And over the next 10 years, he could have used that money to build out the electric grid. Yes, that's a great point. And you know what? It, you know, the other thing is I'm all for, you know, I'm not one of those like, oh, you know, don't look at solutions. If you, we can do it clean, and we are doing it, by the way, the cleanest in the world, um, many of these energy productions that we're doing. Um, and if you want to find a transition that's okay, but don't lose good-paying jobs. Do it methodically. Do it thoughtfully, and don't do it at a time where the economy's in, in a mess. I mean, yeah, it, it's astounding how bad we have become, and, ha- and the fact that I hate the idea Ed, that we're going to these dictators and begging. Easy. Biden's always had a mean streak. This is meant to punish people. This is not about green policy. Well, and and that's why, like, to spend a billion dollars of taxpayer money, there should be so many protests out there. That is an outrageous amount of money for virtue signaling, because that's all this is. That is all it is. Why did they give up Bagram Air Base in Afghanistan? Afghanistan has the largest supply of cobalt and lithium, two minerals you need to build EV batteries for electric vehicles. We should have stayed there, put it out to bid, did a revenue share with the Afghan government and not left behind $80 billion of planes so the uh, the Chinese can come in and buy them. Yeah, and get our technology for, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. scary. Ed, great point, Ed. Thank you very much. Bye. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, Joe Biden says he's going to give a billion of our hard-paid American tax dollars to what he calls climate reparations. I, I mean, if that's not a climate shakedown, I don't know what is. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Jerry. Line one. Jerry, your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. I don't know if a lot of people are aware of this, but the domestic production of gasoline cars in China by their 10 domestic car companies is around 25 million cars this year. Now, that's gas cars. They have three EV car makers that are worldwide, and a lot of people know the names of them on our stock market, and they think that China is moving to electric. Those 10 companies, as reported by Bloomberg tonight, they have no plans at all on the drawing board even to convert to electric like all the european cars and the american cars are doing yeah they they have they have no you know what i'm glad you brought that up they have zero desire they're they're just like you said their plans are all to continue status quo and they're given a free pass which is why i want to know jerry why is this president continuing to give china a free pass he gave him a free pass on covid you know, he's given him a free pass on fentanyl. He's given him a free pass on what he believes is his climate change. He can't even hold their feet to the fire on that. So so what is it? Why is he so docile to China? I feel like climate change is just another Democratic donor, much like the cryptocurrency is. If you look, you see, when you follow the money, you see people like Janet Yellen, an appointee of the Treasury Department, and you see a person like Gary Yensler, an appointment of the SCC Commission, Security Exchange Commission. And what did they do with crypto when they were getting so much money for Democratic? They were all Democratic donors to crypto space. And they're against the dollar. They feel the crypto people, that's one of the lures of the crypto. It's like our dollars collapse and we got to have another currency. And it's not can't be controlled by the government of the U.S., for example. So it's a disgrace. They should be brought up in front of the Congress, Gary Gensler and Janet Yellen, along with Sam uh, Bankman uh, Freed, on the same day. They should all be questioned together. I agree. And follow the money from that guy, because, boy, there's so much suspicious on that. Jerry, thank you very much. Let's go to Phil, line two. Real quick, Phil, your thoughts. Yeah, real quick. I'd like to be able to get my two minutes in. Everybody's got four and five. But anyway, the point is the the current Democratic Party, a.k.a. the legions of Satan, have pushed Joe Biden up to the forefront by hook or by crook, by mules, by 2,000 mules or what have you. They have made him the president of the United States. But one thing the United States citizens do not understand and they don't they fail to realize is the fact that Joseph Biden is the commander in chief of the armed forces of this country. Mark my words, I'm a military guy. I've been involved with the military for a long time. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in the next eight to 10 months. Things in this country will go from bad to hell, real bad, bad beyond anything you've ever seen before. He is going to, in my opinion, mobilize the United States armed forces to take control of large population areas to keep peace. The National Guard will be unable to do anything about it. He will call for domestic martial law 
and we will be at the end of our lifespan as the United States of America. Well, let's hope, is, let's, let's hope, Phil, that the military doesn't go and follow that path, because, boy, is that a scary premise, Phil. Uh, but you are a military guy, and I always respect your opinion and appreciate hearing it. Phil, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Mike, line one. Go ahead, Mike. Hello, Rita. Happy birthday. And thank have you, a happy Mike. Thanksgiving. Thank you. And to you and your families, too, Mike. It's always so great to hear from you, Mike. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Carol, line seven. Carol. This is is an honor for your very special day. Oh, okay. Wow, Carol. Now, Carol, can I, what about, could you do like Def Leppard or Lionel Richie too? Do you, do you take requests? Oh yeah. Oh, I can do anything. <laughs> guess, guess this one. Oh, I know this. Do, 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 do. What is this? This is, oh, this is a Polish. La Bila. Yeah, look at you. I knew. I knew. I was like, wait a minute. I know. Carol, I love you. Thank you very much. You've made my night. Thank you. Love the beautiful whistling and love your warm greetings. Thank you very much. Let's go to BJ real quick. BJ, I don't know how you top that, but BJ, go ahead. Yeah, I can't. Sorry, not going to try, but. uh, Thank you, BJ. By the way, Carol was pretty good, though. She's great. Uh, Cognitive decline is a superpower under Joe Biden. Uh, Donald Trump is going to win big and he's going to give us a show because he's going to force all the other candidates to uh, bring it or go home. That's a great point. And no one can whistle as good as Carol. That's for sure. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.